Okay, hello everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Aaron Eisman, and this is the Not Hebrew School Podcast. This week's Torah portion is Parsha Tazria and a very exciting Parsha Sachodesh, an extra portion that we read this week for the new month of Nisan, which we'll jump in and talk about. So get ready. But first, let's welcome and thank our dear podcast producer, Mr. Andrew Perlman. How are you, my friend, Andrew? I'm doing great. I got a tiny little cold, but I'm doing great. How are you doing, Rabbi? You are looking good, my friend. You are looking <laughs> good, as good as ever. And uh, you're cold. Hopefully, you'll feel better soon. When you hear this Torah portion, you'll feel like a million bucks. I believe it. So this week's Torah portion is a very special Parshas Tazria, but it's super duper extra special because this week we celebrate the Jewish New Year. I bet you didn't know that. People think of the Jewish New Year at Rosh Hashanah, and that is certainly true. But there is another count, and Nisan, this month that starts tomorrow, is the first month of the Jewish year. It is the month when we became the Jewish people. It is the first month of the year in that we celebrate our exodus from Egypt. And that is when we became the Jewish people. So in the synagogue, we take out a special Torah scroll and read from a different part of the Torah portion. And that is the mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh. Did you know, Mr. Andrew Perlman, that Rosh Chodesh is the first mitzvah ever given to the Jewish people? The first mitzvah, even before we came out of Egypt. The first mitzvah we got was to establish the month, Rosh Chodesh. We are the boss of time. We establish the calendar, although now the calendar is, is set, but the, when the temple stood and the, uh, the, the court uh, had the authority, the court would establish the month. That means that the court said, Yom Kippur is on this day. If you, if you kept it on any other day, it was completely violating Yom Kippur. The mankind, we had the power to establish the Jewish calendar. And the first mitzvah that we got, even before coming out of Egypt, meant we were slaves for 210 years. And the first mitzvah we get is to establish the calendar. So question number one is, why is this such an important mitzvah? The first thing, the first, the first mitzvah, the first mitzvah we get is to establish the calendar. It seems kind of random. and 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 we 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 celebrate that now this now because it is Rosh Chodesh. So why do you think, Mr. Andrew Perlman, it is so important to to sort of notify these slaves that you know we're going to start? You're going to get the Torah at Sinai, but even before that, we're going to give you a mitzvah to establish the calendar. Why do you think that is so important? Other than establishing yourself in space and time, I'm not sure. I'm honestly not 100% positive. So, Mr. Andrew Perlman, here's how it goes. You see the establishment of time. You know, when a person is a slave, they have absolutely no power of their own. The time is not theirs. They wake up in the morning. What are they doing that day? I have absolutely no idea. I have completely and totally subservient to someone else. The first message when somebody becomes free is, Time is yours. 
This is your time. You need to establish time to be your own. And unfortunately today, my friend, Mr. Andrew Poehman, we're very much enslaved by these beautiful phones that we carry with us and really by the hustle, bustle, craziness of life. And it is possible to be completely enslaved 24-7. You're constantly uh, shackled by this phone. And the message then and the message now was, the message then was establish the calendar. You were slaves and now you are the boss of your time. And we need to apply that message to our daily lives as well. We are the boss of a phone, right? It's called a smartphone, but you need to be a smart owner. And the way we do that is by establishing what I'm going to, the time is mine. If you're listening to this, first of all, thank you. And I would like to suggest something that I do in my personal life and has been absolutely life-changing. I think I've done this for the past 10 years. There is a time of the day that is no phone time. I personally have 12 hours a day from 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. And that is no phone time. That means that, you know, for I, the joke is they, I run the world for 12 hours and then God runs the world for 12 hours, right? That's the, uh, it's like a joke, right? So, because we're, we're, so, we're so on our phone, we have to hustle. But if you take time where, again, I'm not perfect at it, but for the most part, from 11 p.m. to 11 a.m., I'm doing my, my davening, my praying, my exercising, my Torah study, my personal spending time with the family, my personal um, uh, development as a person. So that for the next 12 hours a day, I am actually being effective, hopefully, in, in using my time well. So my challenge is based on, use this occasion to take an hour a day, two hours a day, 10 minutes a day, a couple minutes a day, where there's time is yours. It's only focus on self-growth. Anything that you do that will make you a better person, is it walking? Is it listening to a Torah class? Is it uh, thanking God for what we have? If it's calling your grandma for 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 a certain time of day, every single day is set aside and it's yours. The first mitzvah that we got was time is yours. Use it. That's message number one. Number two is that you know the Jewish people are compared to the moon. And the way we uh, the way we set the calendar is through the moon. And there's obviously a very, very deep lesson in that. You see, because the moon is it's not static. It's waxing and waning, and it could be very, very small. And unfortunately, the Jewish people have gone through some very, very dark period. But somehow, boom, just when you thought the, the Jews you know, were down and out, we jump up and, we, and we, 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 we renew ourselves. And that's what the moon is. The moon is something that renews and we need to do that. What's interesting is the sun is also very important. But we have a, we have a, 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 a difference between the sun and the moon. You see, the, moon, the sun, uh, Shabbat, right? Shabbat, we're big fans of Shabbat. Shabbat is tonight. And we... And, but the sun goes by the, the, the Shabbat goes by the sun, constant, predictable, every single week, 
same time, doesn't change. Boom, 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 boom. That's the sun. But then the moon is constantly changing. And the holidays go by the moon. I heard this idea from uh, Charlie Harari, a beautiful idea, that we have to have both. The sun is consistency, is um, preserving what we have, uh, being st steady and help, just uh, uh, holding on to what we have. And the moon is reaching for more. The holidays represent uh, bringing in new ideas into our lives. And this is that, this is the season of, of renewal, of, of birth, of the, the, the birth of Jewish people. So again, so this is Parshat HaChodesh, and we, in, we internalize the importance of time and the importance of renewal. So that is the Edis HaChodesh, just even before we get to Tazvia, the, the, the portion of the week, is the portion of HaChodesh. So enjoy it, and let's internalize the messages of, of HaChodesh, of the new month and really the new year as the birth of the Jewish people. And it's just interesting to know that the whole calendar is, is, is uh, formulated that Passover should always be in the spring. That this, the month of the Jewish people is in the spring. And the question is, you know, when a person is a slave, we mentioned this before, a person is a slave for 210 years, and, you know, you, get, you let them out of prison, you let them out, you don't really care if it's pouring rain or it's freezing cold or if it's the hurricanes or whatever. I'm free. I'm, I'm happy that I'm free. But uh, the message of the Jewish calendar always having, having Passover in the spring is that the spring is, is, is the most beautiful weather. And God treated us at the time of our exodus from Egypt that it has to be at a time where he, 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 every aspect was beautiful, even the weather, even down to the weather. Every single aspect of the exodus was beautiful, even down to the weather. And when we think about the Jewish calendar, when we celebrate Passover, when we come to this month of renewal and rebirth, and it's feeling beautiful, and you feel the love of God that God took us out of Egypt during the season, and, uh, and every aspect of Exodus was beautiful, and, and uh, we should be infused with love and feel the love that God has given us. And that is uh, one of the messages uh, when we read this Parashat Chodesh. And just a quick idea on Tazria, a new idea. Tazria is all about purity and impurity. Well, first of all, let's go back. Uh, Andrew, I didn't get your takeaway. What, what do you say about HaChodesh? Uh, what do you say about that? I, I really like the idea of carving out time in your day to not be on your phone. I feel like we're so almost subservient to our phones these days and to technology. Um, and we control our own time. And I think it's important to actively remind ourselves of that in what we do every day and taking time to not be on our phone every day. 100%. And that's, uh, that's you know, we, we, when we read these portions, we have to re-internalize these, these lessons. So that is number one, my friend. Number two, let's just take a little idea from the Torah portion of the week, the portion of Tazria. The portion starts off that if a woman gives birth and she has a baby boy, then she is impure for seven days. And if she has a baby girl, she's impure for 14 days. What? You're impure for seven days for having a baby boy and you're impure for 14 days for having a baby girl? How's that fair? 
So let's first understand what does it mean in purity? We don't have time now to jump into the whole depth of uh, spiritual purity and impurity, but foundational Judaism is that we are a body and a soul. We have a body and we have a soul. And the maximum, the most impure thing that you can have in the world is a body without a soul. When a person dies, it's called a viabos hatuma, the, the granddaddy of all impurity, because you have something that was so holy. I was a piece of God. My, I had a soul. A person had a soul. And it was that soul was a piece of the infinite. And now that person's soul went on to other worlds. And then the body is left, the ref of the soul. And that body is the most impure thing. It's something impurity comes from the when when one falls a level or one falls multiple levels. So this body had a soul. It was the vehicle where which the soul was getting through the world. And now the soul left the body. And then the body so therefore the body is the ultimate impurity because it had it, it, it lost its soul. So let's go back to our original question. Our original question was, why is a woman uh, doubly impure if she has a baby girl? And it's, it should be obvious. You see, when a woman is expecting a baby, she is just like God. She is holding a baby. She's holding a life. She's bringing a life into this world. And when the baby's born, we're happy. It's great. Congratulations. But the woman herself is no longer just like God. She's no longer carrying a soul within her. She's no longer... Uh, nourishing another body in her body. And therefore, she comes down a level because she's no longer carrying a soul within her. And therefore, when she has a baby boy, she is impure for seven days. However, my dear friend Andrew, when she has a baby girl, not only did she lose the soul within her, she lost a soul that is, has the potential to hold the soul. So a baby girl, if a woman is expecting a baby girl, she is holding a soul that can hold a soul. And therefore, when that baby is born, she is comes down to even a higher level because she was expecting a baby girl. And therefore, the absence of that opportunity uh, brings her down. Therefore, she's doubly impure for, uh, for a baby girl, for a baby boy. It is like a fun kind of uh, exercise to do. With um, with with uh, you know, with, with, uh, when studying this Torah portion, because you see it at first, you're like, "Whoa, that's horrible! That seems sexist! That seems so horrible!" But if you break it down, it's like it's the exact opposite of the way it seems. That it's not that the the women uh, are were more impure; it's that the that the that the girl is doubly holy, and therefore the doubly the pure impurity is doubled when the when the baby is actually born. So, so just an idea from this. Torah portion and read it, love it. The uh, Torah portion is all about uh, what, what uh, about speech and not to gossip, not to speak bad about people. And uh, and and uh, let's jump in, internalize the messages of the Torah portion. And thanks for listening. My email is rabbi e at meor.org. Have a beautiful Shabbat, and thanks for tuning in.